You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast that I designed to help you save your marriage no matter where it is, even if it's not in trouble yet. How do you save a marriage before it gets into trouble? By seeing the trouble that could come your way and stepping aside. How do you save a marriage that is in trouble? By making the changes to get you back to where you want to be, which is kind of what we want to talk about today. I had a client, uh, it's been a while now, that wrote me and said, you've got to help me. My wife says I've changed. And I'm trying to convince her that I haven't changed. Can you help me convince my wife that I haven't changed? And I wrote him back and I said, if you haven't changed, you've missed an opportunity. (laughs) You've missed an opportunity for growth. And that's kind of interesting that there seems to be trouble both ways, right? There are lots of times when somebody will say, wow, you've, you've really changed. And what they mean is who I understood you to be is no longer how you're acting. There are lots of reasons that may be the case. Sometimes it's compensation. Sometimes it's they're just growing to a new place and things have changed. But I'm more concerned about the opposite side because that seems to be even more problematic. And that's when a spouse says, you'll never change. And that's what we want to talk about today, the you'll never change part. Because sometimes after that happens, somebody will come to me and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make the changes I need to. And so part of what we want to kind of talk about in this this podcast is what that means and what's that look like. And, and can you even make some changes? Because there are some people who are firmly in the camp that, you know, you, you can't change. A tiger can't change its stripes. A leper can't change its spots. And by the way, that's true. Tigers don't change their stripes and leopards don't change their spots. Thank goodness we're not looking at spots or stripes. I can't change my fingerprint, not without a whole lot of work. So, But that's not really significant. I don't think my wife has ever said, you know what, if you don't change your fingerprint, we're done. (laughs) I don't think anybody has ever said that. So we got to look for something deeper. And so part of what we want to talk about is, is change even possible? What's the reality of that? Well, um, maybe when we look at that, we have to be clear about what we're talking about. There is a famous quote by Sigmund Freud, and maybe he was just tired. Maybe it was just a tough day for him. Maybe he just had a tough group of clients that day that just weren't going anywhere. But he is quoted as saying that the task of therapy is to move someone from neurosis to common, everyday, ordinary unhappiness. <laughs> quite, quite a big shift there, right? If I can just get them from not being neurotic and just being unhappy, I'll, I'll call it a day. Hopefully that's just because he was having a tough day. But it doesn't doesn't give a whole lot of hope uh, if you know that you fall into that camp. And so the question is, can you change? Well, I've spent my career sitting in the chair watching people who are changing their life, 
long ago, I would uh, kind of joke, uh, but not really joking, and say that I believe that people came to therapy for two different reasons, to change or to not change. And the not change ones were the people who came trying to convince me that they were the way they were because of what had happened to them. And hey, what are you going to do? I just got to learn to be myself. Then there are those who were there to say, this isn't working for me and I've got to make it different. What I realized is the people who were coming to somehow justify what was going on, to somehow prove that they were the victims, we didn't make much progress because there was no progress to be made. I didn't just let them off the hook. I wanted to ask the question, now what? Given what's happened to you, right? And they're there, every one of us has a story of what's, what's happened to us. And we can play the country song about what's been done wrong to us, right? Uh, Everyone's d- is done wrong. That, that's a great country song, but it doesn't get us very far in life. And so part of what we really want to do is to figure out how to deal with what's happened in our life and, and move to a better place. I generally believe that when people are doing things that are not helpful, they likely are doing them because at one point they were helpful in some way. And now it's no longer helpful and they have to find a different pattern. But that's hard to do. You've got to work to find the new pattern. So what does that look like? How do we do that? Well, first of all, let's just acknowledge that Change is the nature of the world. Sometimes people will tell me that, you know, their relationship is stuck and they're kind of in this limbo. And I'll say, I don't believe in limbo. I don't believe in limbo in everyday life. And let's not have a discussion theologically about what that means. But in limbo in real life, what people mean is nothing's changing. And the fact is every day something's changing. Almost your entire body is being replaced every seven years. Some parts of your body are being completely replaced in just a few months, depending on where they are. So your body is constantly under change. Everything around you is constantly under change. The the seasons pass, the days pass, the years pass. We're getting older. Things are happening in our body. Things around us are happening. People are growing up. People are growing old. People are dying. So there's nothing really not changing in our life. And so then when we look down at a specific situation that someone might talk about, it's not really stuck. It's still changing. It's just not necessarily changing A, at the speed they want, or B, in the direction they want. And that's the real challenge here. So many times we have to look and ask the question, how do we get to where we want to go? My colleague Jack Canfield talks about being responsible and he talks about the word responsible, response-able, able to respond, meaning we can respond differently. We can choose our response. That was what Viktor Frankl talked about, that always at the last thing, our last freedom is making a choice in how we either deal with a situation or understand a situation. That's a free choice that we have in our life. And so change is waiting for us to activate It's waiting for us to step into that new space. But if something's worked in the past, sometimes it sticks around. 
we watch our dogs kind of like, what are we accidentally rewarding them for? You know, we're reinforcing behavior. I mean, that's the thing about dogs and also about humans that when we reinforce behavior, they learn that that behavior got something for them. And sometimes people realize that they accidentally teach their dog bad habits because it worked for the dog. It got the dog what it wanted, attention or a treat or be, to be left alone, whatever it was. And the same is for humans. You know, when, when we uh, are raising kids, we often go, wow, I didn't mean to teach them that, right? Well, there are so many other lessons I would rather have taught them, but I taught them that. And so we carry those pieces along with us. And so sometimes what works for us at one point, we keep doing even after it no longer works, but we keep doing it and we drag that into our marriage. And so often what happens when people are contacting me saying, you know, my spouse says they don't believe I can change. What do I do about that? And part of my response is to say, change. Don't talk about changing. Change. Show them the change over time. And the reason that's such a struggle is because people have a hard time staying with that. They have a hard time staying with the changes they make. So we want to talk about why that is. I believe that people change really for two reasons or they don't. The two reasons that tend to actually create change is either pain from what's going on or wanting something different. And sometimes those are related. Why do you want something different? Because what you got is painful. But they can be distinct. Sometimes people just go, you know what? I've been doing this and it's been fine, but I want something different in life. And so I've got to change who I am. But many times it comes because people go, you know, what I've been doing is not getting me what I want and I need to get somewhere else. When I got sick uh, back in the um, early 2000s, I was out of shape, not eating well, not stressing well or de-stressing well, not sleeping well, and it was painful. My body rebelled against me in ways that the doctor thought it would lead to disability and eventually would be life-threatening. And so it was a wake-up call for my body, and it was painful. I spent the better part of a year going through the, the initial illness and then recovery from that. And during that time, I made some changes because I realized what I had been doing was what landed me where I was. And if I didn't want to stay there, I had to make a difference. I had to do something different. So part of what I tried to do was to make some changes because of the pain, but also because I wanted to see something different in my life. So part of what we're dealing with is what gets us to the point where we actually want some, something different. And in marriage, it's because the relationship is at a standstill or the relationship is in trouble. That's painful. Sometimes it's because couples realize that they want something different out of the relationship. So can you actually change? I mean, that's a fundamental question. You've got to get beyond before you can do anything else. Can you actually change? Well, the answer to that depends on what you're talking about with change. Most research shows that we have some core personality pieces that are embedded in us for a long time. 
And while we're less and less clear about what those core pieces are, I believe that there are some elements that are so deeply woven that you may be able to act differently, but you're probably not going to change those underlying core personality pieces. I'm an introvert. I don't know what I could do to change that. Could I act more extroverted? Yes. Sometimes, if necessary, I can act like an extrovert, meaning I can be gregarious and outgoing and, you know, kind of uh, talk through in, in a big group setting, right? But left to my own, I tend to need some alone time to recover. The people who I know who are extroverts, that's a core part of them. I don't think they can change it. I don't think they can become introverts. Could they more reflect better on quiet time and find some better ways of not being, having to be around people? Sure. But it won't stop them from being true extroverts. There's some other pieces that are in that puzzle, but there are some core personality pieces that I think probably are pretty difficult, if not near impossible, to make some changes in. But there are some other pieces to that. And I just want to kind of balance them out as calling them behaviors and beliefs, attitudes and approaches. Behaviors, beliefs, attitudes, approaches. So behaviors, specific behaviors, how I talk to somebody, how I eat, how I dress, what I do during the day, how I walk. I mean, there are lots of things that we, we can change in our behaviors, in our interaction patterns even. How you approach a spouse, how you, you, know, how you have discussions uh, when things are frustrating, how you deal with stress, those behaviors. Now, we know those can be changed. We see people do it all the time. And sometimes those behaviors have taken on uh, the uh, place of being basically addictions, right? When you do a behavior enough times that you need to do that behavior, it becomes an addiction in your life. I recently did a whole uh, training with my VIP group about the nature of all of us being in some ways, addicts to different things. We have addictive behaviors to different things in our life because they are reinforced behaviors to get our dopamine needs met and avoid pain. So there are behaviors, but guess what? We change our behaviors all the time. In the last couple of years, you can probably look around and notice the behaviors you've changed in yourself or that somebody else has changed in order to deal with what's going on in their life. I know people who swore to me that they would never be able to work virtually. They would always need to be in person who are now working comfortably virtually. I know some people who said they would never change, you know, how they interacted with other people who have made adjustments because they needed to in order to stay healthy. So yes, behaviors can change. Beliefs, how we view the world are constantly changing. Sometimes we don't even notice they're changing because it's our paradigm. And we always want to believe that our paradigm stays the same, right? It's consistent. But beliefs do change. If you want proof of that and you've got a child who goes off to college and they come home, you will see that their beliefs have changed. When they've gotten away from a belief in the family, belief in what they were raised on, whatever that was, whatever spectrum, whatever it was, they'll go away and they'll come back with some different viewpoints because it's been enlarged by their experience. Our beliefs are changing all the time. 
Then there are uh, different uh, ways that we have attitudes towards things that can also change, and they're related to our beliefs, but they're a little different. How we slant towards something, our attitude towards something can change. Somebody who's adamant that they're never going to eat some certain type of food may finally realize that they could like that food. They change their attitude towards that or towards whatever that's going on. And then there are approaches. How do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with a spouse? How do we deal with being a we of seeing ourselves as being a part of a team? That can change too. Those are often the four areas that need to change in order for us to have a more thriving relationship. Not our core personality pieces. Your core personality pieces were true when you were dating. When you got to know each other, that's not it. It's changing the other pieces. What are the behaviors that need to change, the beliefs that need to change, the attitudes that need to change, and the approaches towards the relationship that need to change? Which brings us to one of the central pieces of why people often don't move towards change. They don't know what they're moving to. So it's kind of like there's a change for change's sake is difficult. When somebody says, you're never going to change, well, my answer, my, my question is, change to what? You know, what's the next piece? The answer to that is what matters. Change to blank. you got to fill in the blank. If you don't like how you're, say, having uh, conflicts with a spouse, how do you want to do that? Because conflicts are inevitable. You're going to have disagreements. So how are you going to disagree differently? What do you want that to look like? If you want to change your health, what do you want to change it to? And I'll give you a, just a, a little hint here as you know, people who are making New Year's resolutions and breaking New Year's resolutions. This is one of their struggles. They might say, I want to lose weight. Weight to what and why? I want to be in better shape. Better shape to what? I mean, what, and specifically what wants to be in better shape, right? What do we want to do specifically? Change doesn't ever happen in a vacuum. Nobody starts the day going, I think I'm just going to change today. I don't know. I'll just change to anything, right? I mean, there's got to be something to change towards before they're going to make any real change, which leads us to the missing piece. You've got to have a plan. Now, before you say, oh, there goes Lee, he must like plans, let me assure you that throughout my life, one of the things I have resisted is plans, even though I follow them on a regular basis. So the plan needs to be your plan. That's often the difficulty is people don't like it when it's somebody else's plan, but your plan. You know, when I get up in the morning and I use my bullet journal, one of the things I'm writing out is what's my plan for the day? Do I enjoy that process? No. There are lots of people who love just to make the list. My wife loves to make a list. I don't, but I need a list to keep me on track. Otherwise, at the end of the day, I'm going to go, well, what was that like? Years ago, uh, we were at Disney World, and my wife said, yeah, just whatever, why don't you lead the day? And so I did, and we were kind of bebopping around because me, I don't have a list. Well, turns out that there's a way you could do Disney World and any other park, and my wife had the list. <laughs> when we followed the plan, we got a lot more done that day. And that's true every day, though, right? I mean, if you have a, a, a list of what's going to happen that day, if you have a plan for your day, 
it makes it work. If you have an exercise plan, it's more likely that you're going to make progress. One of the things that really helped me when I stepped into jujitsu is they were able to say, this is the plan. These are the lessons we will cover. This is the calendar of those lessons. These are the skills you need to learn. This is how we're going to progress through from white belt all the way through. There's a plan. I've just got to follow it. When you're in school, they hand you a syllabus and you follow the plan and you get to the end of the semester. Now, depending on how well you follow the plan, depends on how well you did that semester, but there is a plan in place, right? And that plan has to include what, why, and how. What is it that you're playing? You're, you're going to change. That's the change to part. What are you going to change? Why are you going to change it? And finally, the plan has to include a how. So many times when people come to my office, they'll, they'll tell me what something needs to be changed. You know, my, our relationship is really bad. We are never affectionate with each other. We have no connection with each other. There's no warmth, and it's got to change. Okay, we now know something needs to change. So what needs to change? Not our relationship, but what specifically in the relationship? The romance, the connection, the warmth, the communication, those are the what's, okay? Why do you want it to change? That's a biggie. What's the payoff? Why go through the struggle of change unless you know why you're changing to get to a better place? And finally, how are you going to do it? What are the steps, piece by piece, that you're going to do? Sometimes people on their own don't know the how kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you knew the how, you probably would be doing it differently already. You probably would have changed how you're doing it. So that's part of what I've been trying to fill in for the last now over three decades of helping people understand how to do that, how to thrive in life, how to have a better relationship, how to be a better spouse. It's kind of how I structure my books. I don't want a book that's just like you ought to change, but here's what you could change and here's how you could change it. I've included that in all of my books on relationships and all of my books on thriving. I've included that in my Save the Marriage system as here is how you could have a great relationship. Here's how to fix it step by step, piece by piece, healing the different parts. Recently, I came out with the Husband Boot Camp. The Husband Boot Camp is designed to be module by module, a 30-day process to figure out how to be a better spouse. My purpose for those is to provide a how when you don't have it. Because no matter how much you want to change and no matter how much you understand your reason to change, if you don't understand how you're going to change, you're never going to move. You're never going to change. If you're stuck... Check out my books. You can find my books by going to savethemarriage.com slash books. That's savethemarriage.com slash books. If you're interested in my Save the Marriage system, go to savethemarriage.com, savethemarriage.com. And if you want to be a better husband, check out The Husband Bootcamp at thehusbandbootcamp.com. That's thehusbandbootcamp.com. One thing I promise you is there will be a how to do it there, and I help you to understand why to do it and what you're doing along the way. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best. As you work to change your relationship to get to a better place, 
to have a thriving, loving relationship you both would treasure. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.